Hi Charles. So here we are on a Friday night in a pre-preparatory um, suboptimal <laughs> training phase. So yeah, it's Friday night. Had a night out. We've had some beers, and we went to the cinema, and then went for a meal, and then some cocktails. So it's Friday night, quarter to eleven. I have some. Um, continuing the theme from Shrove Tuesday and in honour of Josh Williams' strong son, I believe his first name is going to be Goliath or something like that. I have um, some Sainsbury's buttermilk pancakes. Not quite crepes. Been the universal uh, alternative to that. So yeah, I'm going to go all out with the. Uh, Continuing the pancakes rather than wraps. I'm struggling already at the first hurdle opening the plumbing packet. Maybe I'll use a knife or something. Here we go, that could have been a munching on the moors trip to casualty. You don't get those. So, anyway, I have Uno pancake. What shall I do? A bit of jam. Brand new jar. But, um, blimey, these bad boys are thick. Bit of jam, put that in there. I think, I was going to roll, roll it up, but I think these, 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 these bad boys are so thick, they're just going to get folded in half, and they actually break. Peanut butter, a bit of protein might go on. plan was to put some uh, banana in, but I think... They're, they're too thick for their own good. So yeah, just a bit of jam and peanut butter in that one. Uh, I think I might have to munch that in a few, please. The hot, that, that's a completely cooked my noodle for the rest of things. Um, yeah, let's do it. So next one, it's a butter pancake, which means it's probably quite sweet. So I'm going to cut it in half, and I've gone for... A grade seven, would you believe it even existed, uh, strength of Aldi's West Country Vintage Cheddar. I'm looking forward to this tomorrow. So, in the name of science, I shall put the cheese in the pancake. A good wedge. Oh, here's the dog. The dog can smell cheese a mile away. I'll put some of that cheese in there. Oh, no. <laughs> the door's shut, she can't get it. And then, I'm not going to put pickle in. I think that might be a recipe for disaster. You've got to know your limits with these things. Squash it down. I think that's weird. And I think, actually, these things are so fat, I'll cut them in half in advance, because you don't want to be on the fell. Oh, there's an idea. I'll put a bit of cheese in with that jam, actually. Strawberry <coughs> jam, not chilli jam. All in the name of science and nutrition. I'm going to let the dog in as well. Come on. Let's see what a dog thinks of cheese. Anyway, hold on to your hats. Because all of this will be concluded tomorrow. Where I will give you... Um, a bit of feedback on how well the suboptimal training goes. I don't think the jam one's going to last very well. Um, it's a bit gooey. Oh, shit. It's not even made it off the chopping board. All blooming peanuts falling outside of it. What would one do? Oh, shit. No, hang on. What's going on here? I've got cheese. Oh, well, we'll find out, won't we? Cheese, jam, and peanut. Oh, I thought it was just jam. Anyway, exciting, eh? I can't wait. Neither can you. This is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things, too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy it. On the back foot. 
Hola amigos, um, this episode is coming a little bit late. Obviously we're going to be excited to hear what happens on Will's adventures. But before we get on to Munching on the Moors and some other excellent content that's been sent my way, I thought we'll start with felt running news. We were totally going to record something last night at the exhibition thing as well, but it was a little bit too loud and we were getting a little bit too giddy and there was alcohol there and sweets which I had some alcohol and I had some I had a lot of sweets so you would have probably just got a complete gibberish about you know probably stuff not even related to fell running at all um, you know at one point we were talking about cats and a horse was mentioned and three meters of, of piping a bag of grout Sherbet lemons, three pairs of sunglasses, and a Trilby hat. I did expect they would have set up some kind of studio, uh, Bobby and Jacob at Northern Fells, but it looks like they're adhering to the standard levels of professionalism at On the Backfoot podcast, and they didn't record anything for me. But I have had a slew of voice notes from Jacob in the following days. Like all the nautical nonsense that we did discuss, we did actually have a proper conversation about running and each other's running. So BGS is a good uphill runner. He isn't that confident with his descending, I think that's fair to say. And I am the other way around. I'm, I'm a good descender. <clears throat> I have a lot of faith in, in my downhill ability, but I don't have much faith in my ascending. And when I'm in a race, I'm never bothered about who's with me on the climbs. I'm bothered about who's in front of me because I know that I will catch most of them. And I am significantly better going downhill than I am going uphill. But we discussed about the amount of events that we we do. And I, I do race quite a lot. I go to them, not necessarily for the race as such, but because I enjoy going to them and I enjoy all the crack. And I enjoy, I enjoy the run, obviously, and I enjoy getting out. But when Wednesday night races start up, like, what is better than finishing work, having a bit of a mad dash around to get your stuff together, driving down to Ambleside or out to Northern Fells or out west, and down and do a little tiny race, and then having a good crack then afterwards on a sunny night. And that is peak life right there for me. So, I mean, I never do very well at these races, but my enjoyment is... Like, I don't think there's anyone who enjoys it more than me. Um, but Bobby did wonder how much I run in between races, and I do run every day, pretty much. Um, I love a double day as well, but I have a border collie, so that is all part of the, of the package of having a dog, really. So, you know, I could probably do a little bit better in races if I maybe wasn't as tired, or I had a little bit more structure to my training, possibly. But... I just don't think I would enjoy it as much. And I love the freedom that you get. Well, that should be Jacob talking about the exhibition, but we haven't quite got him on subject yet. Um, I wonder if anyone else can help me out. Hello, and welcome to my exhibition report. I'm taking a stroll down the lane. Maybe you can hear the pitter-patter of Lakeland raindrops on microphone. Or maybe not. Oh, it's all gone very ASMR. I thought I'll take a stroll while I record, just in case you hear the hoot of an owl, seeing as I think the bird noises were quite a hit last week. Just been to the uh, opening of the Running in Fells exhibition at the Armit Museum in Ambleside, which... (laughs) you may have heard about already on the pod and elsewhere. Uh, Nice time had by all. My evening slightly spoilt because uh, I couldn't shake off this fella who was just chewing my ear off. It's uh, rare for me to find someone who wants to talk more than I do, but, uh, oh, let's give a moment for the car to pass. Headlights, dim those beams. And there it goes. 
good luck over Kirchston. Yeah, rare for me to find someone who wants to talk more than me, but uh, I found him, and his name was Tonk. A jest, of course. Great evening with JT, who uh, was wearing a rather fetching uh, pair of booties, Doc Martens, I dare say. Keswick AC have uh, stashed a whiskey bottle um, out on the fells somewhere. And if you want to know where it is, to go and have a, a wee dram. That was meant to be a Scottish accent, but uh, it sounded vaguely um, Eastern European, I think. Then all you need to do is uh, go up to Tonk at uh, any event, any race, anywhere you see him, um, on the street, um, just anywhere. You have to walk up, uh, you don't say anything, you just uh, tickle the underside of his chin with the back of your hand, uh, or a stroke, or a very light slap, um, any sort of unwanted physical hand-to-face contact, because he is um, the official secret keeper um, on the Keswick AC membership form. Um, he had to sign in blood to agree that this was the system for revealing the whiskey location. Uh, so there you go. I thought everyone would want to know about that. Um, <clears throat> on the way home, on the drive home, there's a, a loud lane, a loud cut-through to get back to my gaff uh, that's very steep. I want to say as steep as steel fell. Maybe that's exaggeration, but you don't want to be stopping on it. And I had to stop and reverse back and then do fucking hill start, not once, but twice. And uh, honestly, I think that... Oh, another car. Go on, son. There he goes. I think that most of my tyre rubber and probably my clutch are still out on the hill somewhere there because uh, we had a good old wheel spin and... Um, yeah... I was pretty miffed and I think that was probably um, karma for me telling y'all about the whiskey bottle which may or may not exist well there you are the potential invented whiskey bottle um, not loads yet about the actual exhibition I do love these guys they, uh, <laughs> they're bringing me some good content though I hope you enjoy the stuff that I enjoy from them. Oh, here's a little bit more. Fantastic night last night at the opening of the Running in Fennels exhibition in Ambleside at the Armit. <clears throat> uh, there were loads of people there who I knew had a really good crack with them. Some really, really interesting stuff uh, on, on exhibition there. So there's some of the original Ron Hill shoes compared to modern day shoes and fell race routes and some really nice photos and videos. Had a really nice crack with a lot of folk, including a certain BGS, who him and I have completely agreed that we have taken over this podcast now, Charlie, and you have started something which I think has gone out of hand. Um, so we are taking over now, I'm afraid. There was a man there with the largest feet I've ever seen on a human being as well. I cannot guarantee the man with the very large feet is going to be there. Every, for everyone who goes to visit the exhibition but I would say it is worth going and having a look if you have any old fellering items, memorabilia anything you think is suitable for it then you can get in touch and they will show it there as well and they are always looking for more things to put into it and if you were to buy a ticket today or anytime you buy a ticket you can go back and you keep using that ticket to go and have another look at it if you want it would be remiss of me not to mention the other two exhibitions which are on. At the same time, uh, there are two other exhibitions. I can't remember what they are because I didn't venture out of the safety of the Felrine exhibition. So go and have a look at that. It's worth going. It's probably um, probably going to fill in a good day on a wet weather day. There's ideas of other fell routes you can go and do. So you could leave there and, and go out. There's even a kids' corner which I was slightly disappointed wasn't set up in time for me and Bobby to sit there. 
drinking alcohol-free um, alcohol or alcoholic alcohol, eating sweets and doing some colouring in. You could even, there's like um, a piece of paper where you can design your own club vest, which I know that caused a bit of controversy on the Facebook group, uh, which is why I didn't ask because we have club vests, because of all the other club vests from around the country wanting to be involved. But it is about the history of Lake District fell running. So that's why there's no Dark Peak or what club do you run for? Tetley? Is it Tetley Club? Totley? Totley, that's it. There we go. None of those rubbish vests. Just a big old Keswick vest. Top shelf. I've even got a picture of Billy Cartwright touching it as well, so who knows? Maybe we'll put a transfer in for Billy. But, mm, I don't know if I really want to, anyway. We've got enough superstars in our team. So there you have it. There's a no large feet guarantee but the Running in the Fells Lakeland exhibition does sound fantastic. Um, Bobby and Jacob will be there to sign autographs if you do chance upon them, but they have also confirmed to me that they won't be there 24 hours a day if you want to enjoy it in peace. Now, there was some running that took place at the weekend. Um, The BB Kong final race of their winter series and one racer had a bit of an escapade and that brings me to another adventure of Dr Rothery. Hello Charles, I uh, thought I'd drop you a line just give you a bit of a, a rundown of what happened on Saturday. Um, so yeah, Saturday just gone was up in the lakes um, was the BB Kong Fell Race, the uh, fifth Fell Race in the Kong Winter Series, uh, fifth and final race. Um, the race was uh, it's the BB Kong, the BB standing for Blencathra and Blees. Uh, which is one of the little bits, one of the one of the fells that kind of make up Blencathra. Um, the the fell race basically starts in um, starts in Threlkeld at the bottom of um, bottom of Blencathra, um, and then um, effectively starts from the village, runs up, runs up from. Um, runs up the road and then it sort of joins a sort of narrow path uh, sort of all climbing and then there's like a little little drop down as you cross over this little uh, beck and then straight up some quite steep steps um, and then you carry on climbing a little bit until you hit the, the fell wall um, at which point we take a hard right and go uh, through sort of lots of fields kind of at the bottom of the fell um, and on some some nice trods, um, a little bit slippy in places, and the camber was a bit. Uh, we're kind of running along the contour, so a little bit sort of adverse camber in places. But um, yeah, run along the bottom for about a mile, uh, and then until you hit the bottom of Doddick Fell, which is again one of the sort of uh, one of the the, the ridges that at the front of Blencather that make up the um, make up the sort of the the the, uh, the massif of Blancathra. Uh and then so yeah steep pull up Doddick Fell um, some nice steep pitches and uh, yeah a little bit occasionally a few little bits where it levels out for uh, you know a couple of meters but yeah lots of sort of pretty much just straight up um, and then eventually hit the top of Blancathra uh, where uh, there was a checkpoint and then um, effectively run along the top of Blencathra, so along the the sort of the what's called the the, the saddle saddleback of Blencathra, um, to basically to the top of uh, top of Blees Fell, um, and uh, again there's another checkpoint there, and um, 
then I think there was actually I forgot to say there was a, a checkpoint at the top of Doddick as well actually so the top of Doddick top of top of Blencather itself the top of Holsfell Ridge and then yeah final checkpoint well uh, another checkpoint at the top of um, Bleasfell and then uh, yeah and then one at this the bottom of uh, the bottom of the race back to sort of the, the fell wall um, you finish finish basically where we took took the the right at the fell wall uh, that's where the finish was. Um, but yeah, the the race itself it was a good good uh, turnout. Um, I entered relatively late on. I think you actually sent me a message to say that you'd uh, you'd heard on the grapevine from Chris that I'd uh, I wasn't on the entry list. But I uh, I was just sort of um, had a few kind of little niggles and things and and just wanted to sort of make sure that I didn't basically enter too soon and then yeah you know, uh, niggles get worse in the week. So. Um, yeah, uh, entered a little bit later on, but uh, had some good runners there. Uh, Finn Grant was there, uh, hot favourite, and well for me anyway. Um, Jack Wright was there, and Tom Simpson, Gavin Dale, Chris Orber, as I mentioned, um, a few other chaps um, that I've probably forgotten to mention. Um, but yeah, there was a good good turnout, um, and for the ladies' race, um, uh, there was. Uh, as I was walking, I saw walking in, saw um, Hannah Russell, and then E. Pannoni and uh, Vic Wilkinson, and uh, Lexi, Lexi Whitaker as well. So again, a good turnout for the ladies too. Um, yeah, so uh, race started off. Um, had a nice little pre-race debriefing from Corny, basically saying it's claggy, it's horrible up tops. Uh, look after yourself and don't do anything stupid. Um, you know, and be be extra safe on the descent because it's very steep and a pretty horrible descent. Uh, and make sure you take lots of care. Um, you know, it's only fell racing. And with that, we uh, we set off, and uh, it was a nice nice cheerful start. I'm making some making a few uh, jokes with a couple of the lads at the front. Um, myself and Finn kind of uh, led it out and. Um, yeah, Finn had wrecked it the day before, so I thought I'd uh, I'd let him let him show the way, uh, which I was glad that he did because I nearly went up. I started veering off left a bit too early and started making my way up Hallsfell Ridge nearly. So uh, <laughs> cheers for that, Finn. Um, he was like in a very sarcastic this way kind of uh, kind of way as I started veering left. Um, so yeah, cheers for that, Finn. Um, and I. Yeah, uh, I then started on the on the on the sort of uh, yeah on the steep bit going up to um, up to the fell wall. Uh, sort of as I say, let let Finn sort of bob in front and uh, sort of sat behind him. Um, and then we got to the sort of fell wall. We took the right right turn through the fields, and um, yeah, we were sort of side by side. There's a few sort of trods, um, sort of sheep trods and things that you could take take your pick of. So we were sort of side by side for a bit, and then. Uh, yeah, I was feeling personally. I was feeling feeling quite good, so um, I sort of pulled in front of Finn a little bit, but he was you know close enough behind that he could tell me I was going the wrong way. As I say, uh, going up towards Hallfell, um, and then we got to sort of the bottom of Doddick, uh, the start of the, the climb proper. I uh, yeah, was feeling all right, so um, started up the climb, um, tried to kind of run as much as could it was pretty steep in places and uh it was pretty wet underfoot and um yeah as i say it was um pretty wet and greasy uh so a couple of the rocky sections were were quite tricky to um you know you it was quite tricky to to run because you're sort of losing your foot in a bit so you never ended up kind of having to put your hands down for a bit of balance and uh, and ended up sort of walking some of the more rocky sections um but yeah um a good sort of, I think it's a good sort of six, seven hundred meter climb, pretty much. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty pretty tough. Sorry, I'm trying to reverse park at the same time as doing this. Um, yeah, it's a pretty tough climb. Uh, I um, I was I had a good little gap on Finn, kind of going up, uh, going up the climb. Um, started getting a bit of a sort of a bit a, a bit of a gap anyway, sort of maybe ten, fifteen seconds or something like that. Um, but I then had the sort of panic of Finn's wrecked this and um, is quite good at pacing himself around these sorts of things. So 
I, uh, yeah, I kept looking back and seeing him and uh, kept thinking, is it me or does he look lo a lot more comfortable than I do now? And uh, yeah, started thinking maybe I'd gone off a bit too hard up the, the first bit of the climb and he seemed like he was coming back to me a little bit as he, uh, as I got towards the top at top end of the climb before he sort of dog uh, sort of dogleg before the top of Doddick. Uh, but luckily that gap sort of managed to stay the same and yeah, when we kind of dog le dog legged um at sort of the top of the top of the fell um and went towards kind of the summit of Doddick, um we kind of we were sort of in the cloud proper by this point, so my hope was to uh, to try and kind of out of, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. So my thought was, uh, as soon as we got into the cloud and it levelled off a bit, I was uh, hoping to put the hammer down, which I think I tried to do and uh, seemed to work. Um, yeah, and then nice, really lovely ridge running, um, like a nice bit of sort of uh, mostly kind of downhill, obviously, because you get to the top of Doddick. Um, there's a bit of a climb up to then the top of Halls Fell, which is the sort of summit of Lencafra, and then from there it's basically a really nice kind of sort of flowy, uh, flowy sort of undulating, mostly descent with a few little like climbs, a few little sort of ramps, um, and then a final ramp to the top of sort of Blees Fell. But yeah, it's a, effectively sort of a what probably a mile on the top or something like that um, of a nice sort of undulating, um, but probably net net loss, which is which good and fast. Uh, and then, yeah, this is where it gets interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, having never done the descent before, and you know, um, I, I would say I'm probably my uh, my descending is my my probably my best bit of my running, and probably maybe what I'm known for more than my climbing. I was really looking forward to descent, and before I'd set off and before the sort of race started, my plan was to basically sit behind Finn and then try and drop him on the descent. Was was my my game plan. Um, which some you know in, in good one good thing was the fact I managed to beat him on the climb, but I uh, yeah I hadn't done this descent and uh, I didn't know where Finn was in terms of how close he was to me, so I had to do this descent in a kind of trying to trying to keep the distance between us. Um, you effectively get to Blees, and for those that know the sort of climb up Blees is a sort of a pretty steep climb with zigzags um, but yeah rather than following the actual path you effectively get to the top of these fell and sort of effectively just drop off it um, and there is a nice gill that you don't want to head down so you have to sort of hit some scree and then I was told by a few people that and, um, to the right of the scree as you're facing down the hill is sort of grassy slopey stuff that's that's probably better than the scree because the scree doesn't run particularly well. Uh, which is all good and well when people tell it before, um, but when you start heading down this thing, and uh, I knew it was going to be slippy because it was wet and greasy, and well, I, can't, I hadn't quite realised how steep it was. And I've subsequently looked back on the uh, GPS, GPX files and stuff, and it's uh, it's like 50% gradient, so it's it's pretty steep. And um, yeah, wet and greasy, really greasy rock. Started going down it, quickly realised that. I was not staying upright. I had brand new shoes on, um, same shoes I've worn for the last couple of years. Um, brand new shoes with decent grip, and I was not staying upright. Um, <laughs> and I uh, managed to effectively uh, clip my toe on a rock and basically went A over T. Um, and uh, the last thing I remember kind of doing before I uh, fell was staring at this rock that I realised I was getting quite close to and a sort of sort of split second of don't hit your head on that rock and then proceeded to hit my head on that rock. Um <laughs> uh yeah, I'll give it a right good thwack and um but I was remained conscious, so that was the main thing. I didn't knock myself out and uh I stood up pretty quick, um which again, good thing. Uh absolutely piss him with blood um <coughs> uh blood pretty well everywhere uh and got up and sort of tried to sort of quickly assess you know how bad is it put my head on my head as i say pissing with blood blood everywhere um and tried to sort of make a quick assessment as to how bad is this do i need to you know am i stopping am i 
can I walk down? Do I need to shout for help? That sort of thing. Was able to sort of quickly kind of go, well, I'm breathing, I'm stood up, I didn't knock myself out. I'm still in a race um, and thought, well, I need to get down. This is probably a few hundred metres from the summit, so I've still got sort of six, five, six hundred metres of descending to do. And thought, well, whilst the adrenaline's flowing, I'll uh, hold on to my noggin with one hand and uh, carry on down. Um, and that's what I did. Um, so, yeah, carried on down. Uh, luckily, the descent gets gradually gradually less steep as you go down, but um, still pretty bloody steep. Um, went past a few walkers on the way down, or I don't know whether walkers or spectators, but yeah, got a few questionable looks and people thinking, what the hell is that man doing with blood all over his face? Um, but yeah, and then... Uh, <laughs> managed to come out of the clag at the bottom spot the uh the 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 eventual trod that goes through the bracken and uh spat out at the bottom near the where the fell wall was um and <laughs> ran through the little ford river thing splashed my face with water on the way through and uh went through the finishing gate and uh yeah, said to Corny, like, where am I going now? Thinking it was going back to the village, but it stopped there, luckily, so I could stop. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so managed to hold on to the wind because, well, Finn said that he, uh, he decided to back off it, which was, by all accounts, a sensible decision because he, uh, he came away unscathed, um, which, yeah, is probably the smarter thing to do, but there you go, these things happen. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, and then sh I think... Jack Wright shortly after him, so uh, yeah, it was me in first, Finn in second, Jack Wright in third, and then, I can't remember, fourth, maybe Gavin Dale, I could have made that up, um, but yeah, good race, <laughs> bar the uh, obvious issue with the head injury, um, but yeah, um, I'd just like probably just like to go on the record as well, but I probably went down the descent a little bit too fast but it was one of those ones where as soon as you start descending you realize that i mean you, you i think you did buckton pike fell race in not last season the season before um and it was kind of that level of this you know the sort of steep climb at the the start and finish of that um it was one of those where you sort of start going down it and you quickly realize that you know no matter how good you are at descending yeah especially with it being wet there's not really a lot you can do if you can't stay upright like your shoes are just not gripping and you know you're slipping onto your ass so like i probably went into it a bit too fast but i think on the record i would probably just like to say that i don't actually think i was doing anything particularly stupid i uh i just got a bit unlucky and clipped my toe which is you know an occupational hazard i guess when you're going down a fell at, at pace but yeah um I don't necessarily think it was a, a a massive kind of me taking. Well, I don't know. Maybe stupid the risk is probably yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll leave I'll leave that up to people's opinions. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I uh, I don't necessarily regret it necessarily, but I probably underestimated how steep and, and greasy it was going to be. But yes, I'll uh, I'll leave that with you. Sorry, this has turned out to a massive ramble. Uh, um, this has taken up 18 minutes of your podcast now, so I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 give you some finishing notes. Um, yeah, good race. I should have just done it as a Donny Clark style, slow, 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 through some fields, fast, fast, fast. Doddick fell steep, slow, 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 slow. Summit, fast, flowy. Descent, few small climbs, slow, slow, fast, fast. Summit of Blees, descent, very steep, very, very steep, not particularly fast. Clip toe, fucked head, slow, 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 finish. Ben, I'm really pleased that you're okay. Um, I do think it sounds like you're just trying to run a race. But if you do carry on like this, we are going to need to write you a theme tune. Chicken, ham, ketchup and cream. I've packed my lunchbox. What's in yours? Tell me what you like. I don't like when you're munching on the moors.
Good morning, Charles. It's 11.51 on Saturday morning. I'm just strolling up out of um, Fairhomes, about halfway on my run today. You'll be delighted to know pancakes are actually quite a bit of a hit. Um, I got about a third of the way into my run in uh, distance, and I realised I ought to be about a third of the way through my food by now. I hadn't touched it. And to be honest, I wasn't actually looking forward to um, the pancakes. I thought they're definitely um, they're definitely going in the bin. But actually, like I say, they're good. Um, moistness ratio is interesting. Um, a little bit dry, I think. Um, I made a bit of a mess in the sandwich bag because they don't kind of stick together very well, which was a bit surprising. But, you know, um, mostly okay. A couple of surprises in there. Um, so, I, because I'd prepared, because I'd put in so much pre-training last night, um, I can't remember which updates I gave you. Um, I'll come on to that in a bit. Or whether I'd done, like, Marmite and peanut butter. I may yet find out, because there's still some more. Um, so it's a bit like a lucky dip. There was one that was brown. Pretty sure that was a hazelnut chocolate spread. Definitely that rather than um, Marmite. But I don't know what else was in there. I think it might have been a bit of jam. Um, there was some, something else as well. Yeah, I think jam and chocolate. A bit like a black forest gateau. Then the jam, peanut butter and cheese. It's actually quite good um, for mistake food. Um, and yes, Flapjack News, I think I've already told you this, but just in case I didn't, um, a lot less bulky substrate, more small uh, seeds, um, no raisins, um, chia seeds, but I've just gone out. I'm going to have to go and buy some more. But I've got some poppy seeds, which are probably a close second. Um, and... I've got a gel consigned to me emergency kit, along with a cliff bar. Um, yeah, I've realised I am eating more real food, but it's all crap food. So, crap real food, or real crap food, I'm not sure which way around is best, or real crap real food. It's all about plugging away and getting the energy out. I don't think I'm going to keep up this... Um, suboptimal training it's it's quite hard work first 10 miles are very difficult but um, once you break through the other side it's okay and then you feel like king for the day anyway um that may be it for me but i may come back for more later see you later bye i do love flapjack updates hi it's me at the top of Blackburn Bluff. That path's a bit ropey in places. Um, feels like a landslide and you'll be dead. Anyway, um, pancake update. The cheese was actually um, hard work, but in very nice, I must say. Um, so I think more exploration with cheese for the munching is needed. But if I repeat pancakes, I think um, well buttered, and grated cheese squashed together, possibly in the bottom of a rucksack for a few hours. And um, if it doesn't fall to pieces, it would make a lovely um, sweet and sour sort of butty. A bit like a cheese slice, maybe, from Greg's. Anyway, I'm going to head across Kinder. Not sure where to go down. Grind slow knoll or just take the cheap, fast route down. Um, and then maybe get a pint before the train home. Anyway, have a, an ace Saturday and I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you, Will, for bringing so much to this podcast. Things for people to chew over there on Munching on the Moors. Did you see what I did? We have suboptimal training that Will isn't sure that he's going to keep going with. Well, one part of his suboptimal training, which is being hungover, he is questioning the reasoning behind that or maybe the execution but that was the day 
he was hungover and I know that a lot of people when they're hungover say they'll never drink again so I'll be interested to hear Will's future um, additions to Munching on the Moors. It's almost becoming his own section. Um, I've had some great contributors in the past. I always welcome contributors to Munching on the Moors. Love to hear again from Josh and James. But I have to say, Will, you can keep sending them in every week for me. You are a very, very great contributor. You may have heard an episode in the past with Fran Blackett. Fran Blackett is a a Durham runner with great organisational skills, as she demonstrated when she put together the Chapel Fell Top Fell Race. And she is taking those skills one step further with the launch of her new business, Run Like a Haggis. Run Like a Haggis offers female-led navigation sessions for walkers and runners looking to develop their map reading skills. Courses can be tailored to suit your goals. Do you want to develop the skills to navigate through the mountains using a map and compass safely? I think that uh, Run Like a Haggis is an incredible name for business. The website is www.runlikeahaggis.com there you will find Fran and Andy, her partner, who are helping to um, train people to find their way around on the hills. And I wanted to promote this because Fran was a great guest that we had on. And I think, you know, for us starting to learn how to navigate, definitely better to get out there with someone who knows what they're doing rather than try to figure it out off YouTube or whatever you choose and um, yeah you need to you need to practice don't you in a, a a real environment so run like a haggis is where you can sign up we're going to launch an on the back foot code so that if you use the code OTBF I think Fran said she'd give us 10% off and, you know, if sales are massive through the, the podcast, she said she'd even give me a free haggis. So all the best to Fran with that venture. And if anyone is looking to sharpen up their map reading skills, I would say look no further than runlikeahaggis.com. All right, Charlie. Andy Blackett here, and Fran Blackett of Run, Run Like a Haggis. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're on our way to the Clybridge shop. It's Saturday night and the, what's the date? 10th of February. Uh, hoping, well, planning an attempt on the Lunar Round. Tell us about the route, Fran. So, beautifully planned, actually. Um, given that tonight is a new moon. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lunar list round. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absence of any moon whatsoever. Uh, yeah, I was playing with what's called. I was going dark lunar round or no lunar round. I, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, a good, that's right. The lunar list round. I like that. <laughs> so we, first job is to find the climber shop. Uh, currently wandering around the streets of Ambleside. And when we get there, we're going to take a selfie as is required. Uh, by the rules so the lunar round has to be completed between sunset and sunrise comprises of 13 peaks we are going to go anti-clockwise um mainly because i couldn't really face uh ascending red screes all the way from ambleside as the as the kickoff to the route so and also, Andy's sick of Luffrig. I hate Luffrig. Faffing on a Luffrig. Too many paths. That's the problem with Luffrig. Yep. He spent a few times last year faffing on a Luffrig. So we're going to get it out of the way first. So we start off up Luffrig. Then we head over to the Langdale uh, Peaks. Pikes. Pikes. Langdale Pikes. Well, I was going to say Langdale Pikes, but oh, right. it's only Harrison's stickle. Anyway, we're going to head over to... <laughs> yeah, about that um, couple's navigating discussion. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll bring you that segment later. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, then it does some more and then finishes on red screws and then and then comes down there. So yeah, you know, if we're, if we're still good humoured, I might record you some more on our way around. It's now Saturday night, a week later, <laughs> I sat on the sofa, which is a much more sensible thing to be doing at 9.15 on a Saturday night than where we were last week. It's taken us a week to gather our thoughts of what we went through last Saturday night. Let's um, say it bit harder and looks a bit longer than we'd planned to Fred yeah definitely underestimated it uh didn't consider well I didn't consider consider the lunar calendar I think the lack of the moon it was very dark wasn't it? I'm not sure we can blame it all on the lack of the moon but it did but you know that following <laughs> any paths was was really tricky like we'd be on a path and then 30 seconds later, we'd not be on a path and just kind of repeat for a lot well, of hours. many hours. Many hours. Yeah. But, you know, the weather was nice. It was very still. Very quiet. And... I think it was going all right. Until... You got really tired on Calf Crag. Andy wanted to sleep. I was tired. I mean, it, it was 2am, to be fair. <laughs> I'm normally asleep at that time. But I was tired. Yeah. I mean, we didn't set off until after 7pm. That's probably, you know... Yeah, that's childcare child logistics. Um, then we got to Dunmail... Descending from Steelfell was horrific. If you're ever hating going up Steelfell from Dunmail on the Bob Graham, then um, you should just be grateful that you're not going down it. Then um, I'm not sure either of us are ever going to climb Seat Sandal from Dunmail ever again in our lives. It was the longest 500 metres. <laughs> ever climbed i'm never climbing seat sandal again just ever again any any direction i'm just (laughs) just not going up that mountain again (laughs) there was some sitting down there was some swearing um i asked andy if he wanted to stop (laughs) i think i was hoping he might say yes but as i was kind of processing that I was kind of thinking, trying to think how we would get back to Ambleside from Seat Sandal. Um, Seemed best just to carry on, actually. (laughs) (laughs) On the plus side, because Seat Sandal had been so horrific, actually climbing Fairfield was fine. (laughs) And then, oh, I think maybe my favourite moment then was we sat down on Dove Crag I offered you some stuffed vine leaves. Oh, I did like the stuffed vine leaves. I've been eating jelly babies for the last six or seven hours. And <laughs> I've never had a stuffed vine leaf on a mountain before. I enjoyed that, Fran. Yeah, top tip. Came from Andy Berry. He takes sushi balls, apparently. The hero. Well, he doesn't take them. His support runners carry his sushi balls for him. So, yeah, I don't really like sushi, but... I do enjoy a stuffed vine leaf from Tesco. Tesco's stuffed vine leaves. I think they're vegetarian. But anyway, they're always... Um... Well, no, they're not always because I had a bag full of them. I wasn't enjoying them. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We had some vine leaves each, sat on sat on Dove Crag. And then we oh, we got it done. We got it done, didn't we? We did it. We did. We did, we got it done. We did. A long, long descent from Red Screes back to Ambleside. Could never recommend that. No. But we got there and we got there 
before the sun came up. We did. So, so it counts. We did, it counts. It counts. <laughs> and uh, I can confirm that um, I am too old for all-nighters now. <laughs> because I was wrecked for the week. I just kept forgetting things. I had a few dramas during the week, work-related dramas, because I just kept leaving things in places. So, yeah, the lunar round. Tick. Tick. Done. Well, that was brilliant from Fran and Andy there. Um, I have asked Fran if she will bring us some tips, and she has very kindly sent me um, a little bit of advice, which I tried to put into practice this week. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put that on next week's episode because it'll fit lovely with next week's On the Bobfoot, which brings me to the latest update. Week beginning February 12 to February 18, there were 10 hours and 5 minutes of running, over 60.6 miles of ground, climbing an ascent of 6,224 feet or 1,897 metres. Let us begin on Monday. Monday, I was feeling good, I went to work, had a good morning, went to the cinema, watched a film called Argyle, which I enjoyed a lot, and then ran along Froggart Edge at dusk. It was a real stunner, and that was 37 minutes of running, keeping it nice and easy, enjoying a bit of Queen on the headphones. Then... Tuesday, we had a little incident. I woke up pretty early. I uh, got going. Knee and Achilles seemed to be feeling okay. I finished the podcast, hopped on the foam roller. Not literally, I think that would be a very tricky thing to do. Um, Now, I had a patient in the morning with an Achilles problem. He knows who he is, he's a lovely chap, and I'm really pleased that things are getting better. Second person I've ever seen with Achilles tendinopathy who also paints his toenails. So out of two patients I've had that paint their toenails, both have had Achilles tendinopathy, which is deeply alarming. I don't want to put fear into people, but if you do paint your toenails... From my uh, extensive studies, there is a chance you could have a sore Achilles. That's not how I got mine. Um, Sore Achilles are available through um, other methods, but mine does seem to have calmed down. So, after that session, things have been good, and I had not too long to get going for my run, and I put the session into my watch. I put the following session into my watch. Warm-up. I then added in the little strides of 20 seconds with a minute recovery. I have to say Garmin Connect here, their little app is brilliant for planning your sessions. And if if your brain gets a bit, you know, wanders off and you're not very good at keeping count, I find these uh, little things very useful. So after the strides, I put in six lots of a kilometre and the uh, recoveries, which I can't remember, I've not written down on here. Then I put in a little jog period to then do eight lots of a minute with a lap button press recovery because I'd be jogging back down the hill. And then I added another kilometre before the cool down. So six lots of a K, eight lots of a minute hills and one lot of a kilometre threshold. The actual session was three lots of a K at 10K effort eight lots of one minute uphill and one lot of a K at threshold. That's what Coach Cartwright had given me. I have no idea where I got six lots of a K from, but I headed out that day thinking that's what had been asked of me. I got back and I'd done 13 and a bit miles. I was curious as to why, how I was supposed to fit all that running into an eight to 10 mile run. Um, All I can say is, after splashing the cash, finally I gave in and splashed the cash on super shoes. 
all that money I'm saving from athletic greens and spending on fruit. There you go. I am. Um, I'm over the moon with them because I, I think my legs would have fell off um, doing that um, session. And on my cool down, I was just plodding along. I wouldn't. I'm not even going to use the word plodding. I was just gliding along, bouncing along, all comfortable. So the reason I'd gone for the, the, the carbon shoes after saying, you know, I wanted to beat my old road times was I'm going to stop being so hard on myself. I don't think road running times define me as a runner. So no longer does it really deeply matter to me that I run a half marathon under 75 minutes in non-super shoes and a marathon quicker than my two hours 50 or whatever it is quicker in non-carbon road shoes I'm going to use carbon road shoes for my sessions to keep my legs attached to my pelvis um, so yeah I'm delighted with them uh, and and I've really enjoyed the run and it just felt to me like it's not battering my legs so much when I run hard on the harder surfaces so the session itself actually felt pretty good um, and I was dead chuffed with that but I did feel pretty wiped out afterwards and that's probably because I'd done three miles too many and 3k efforts too many. I went to the gym that night um, and I was just doing my three sets of five. I was on the calf raises with 90 kilos and I was doing 100 kilogram uh, hip thrusts and remaining deadlifts and some body weight, upper body episode um, exercises, and I reward myself with some fajitas for tea. What a day, I'm glad I didn't break myself. Uh, the next day, I woke up, <laughs> went for a 45 minute run with Colin Osborne, and felt stiffer than something very stiff. Um, and yeah, I did feel pretty crap on that run, managed to get the run in, and considered my life choices. But I survived, took the van to the garage and had a job stay because it was a little bit quiet at the clinic. But for those who worry about my living that I'm making, my physiotherapy clinic is growing and going from strength to strength. So lovely new for you all there too. Um, Thursday morning, Josh still tending to Young Ralph Williams was not available and we started at a luxury 7am and I ran for 60 minutes on the dot with Rob which is funny because Josh always runs for exactly 60 minutes and me and Rob care a little bit less about getting that time in. Uh, I feel maybe we're a bit more time rich in the mornings um, and yeah, but it's funny that without him, we did bang on 60 minutes. I felt good, maybe a little bit stiff, but getting easier. Ran it in shorts, makes a difference. And um, yeah, that was another good day. It does sound like I've written that I was feeling my knee a little bit in the evening. So it hadn't hurt during my session, it hadn't hurt at the gym, but it did ache a little bit after all that. Come Friday, I went to the gym again and um, did a repeat of Tuesday's session. But I also did a group of exercises I do getting on and off a box. Um, last time that got me, so it's step ups, it's single leg sit to stands and side step ups. I really felt that fixed my knee last time. So I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to be doing that a couple of times every week. Drove down to Devon and um, went for a run in Star Cross and did a few strides. That was an hour and a half and um, yeah, felt great on the strides as the sun was going down, running up and down a field. Lovely stuff. In the morning, had a bit of a lie-in and then went out and listened to Rob Greenwood interviewing Finlay Wilde on my run. That was brilliant. He was great on Finlay's podcast. Finlay's podcast is brilliant. Finlay is an absolute hero. How he navigates stuff 
with just a map and a compass in the dark boggles my mind. Um, but yeah, a really good episode worth listening to if you want to hear about Finley's dark Bob Graham. Um, I don't think podcasts help me run very well. I was just plodding along and once I put some rubbish music of my own on, I got into my groove and felt good on that run and did a bit of shopping in the afternoon for mum's 70th birthday, which was why I was down in Devon. And on Sunday, it's a few days late for those listeners who want to get my mum birthday presents, her birthday is the 5th of February. Um, yes, so in the morning, got up, got out there, ran for two hours and a half on the coast path with a little 20 minute threshold effort thrown in. That was a stunner. I do love the coast path from Brixham to Kingsweir. Did a good section of that and uh, then put in a little bit of effort from a nudist beach called Scabacum. Yes, we do have the finest names nudist beaches in Devon. Scabacum. If you want to get naked by the beach, Scabacum. If you want to show your bum in the sun, Scabacum. If you want to... I'm not going to talk any more about your genitals, Scabacum. So, yeah, that is a lovely place. Really like it. Um, No nakeds uh, there today. Just a man putting in a threshold effort up a steep hill and running to a car park and then back to Brixham. So, that was glorious. The icing on the cake was, after that, we took my mum to Burr Island Hotel. So I went big for Mum's 70th, I treated her, I bought her a new rucksack and I took her for an afternoon tea. And it's one of the best afternoon teas I've ever had because it's the only time I've ever been for afternoon tea. But we had views of the sea from the hotel um, and it kind of intrigues me. There's the old scone debate. Now I think there is a conspiracy of the Cornish and I think that the Cornish have so much trouble with people buying their second homes down there and taking over their towns and tourists who obviously do bring some money to the the nation of Cornwall but they probably also bring a lot of problems. So I don't think the Cornish are as daft as they pretend and I think that They've made up this idea of putting the jam on first because it's completely stupid. We're correct in Devon. Cream clearly goes on first and then jam second. But I think the Cornish have decided that they're alternative enough to the outsiders to put the jam on first. And then what they do is they like to watch all these struggling tourists putting the jam down first and then struggling to put the cream on and it's just an abomination and they don't eat them like that when there are no tourists around but they like to pretend that just so that tourists can't enjoy their cream teas just as much because it's just a little like haha so that's my Cornish cream tea conspiracy to end my weeks running on um, it was just delightful down at Burr Island um, and it was lovely to see my mum over the moon um, not literally, that would be quite an excursion for her and in uh, later years I'm not sure she's got it in her to become an astronaut but it's been a brilliant week I thank my coach because I got a bit tired over January and I feel like I'm bouncing back despite trying to uh, double up on his sessions and that's my on the bob foot review have i learned anything from this week well i think i've learned that for me it's important to feel good when you're training not all the time i'm sure but i think if you're feeling battered all the time i think it's going to be hard to progress so find the level of training that might make you feel tired occasionally after a hard workout. 
because you've got to go hard sometimes, but not all the time. If that makes any sense or helps anyone, the advice is free. Ignore it or enjoy it. And that rounds off our episode quite nicely. Um, I'm sorry it's been a bit delayed this week. I also want to apologise that sometimes I'm not quite getting the levelling of my sounds correct. So if you are having to turn things up and turn things down, I can only apologise. I will always try and get the sound levels correct, but there are sometimes there's just not enough time in the day. Um, you know, I listened to that 19 minutes of Bobby Gard's story at least 27 times to make sure that there weren't any errors in it. Um, I meticulously edit this podcast. Um, so if you're unhappy, please send your feedback to onthebackfootpod at gmail.com. I will still continue to make the podcast, even if you think it's a shoddy piece of... But I think it does bring... It brings me some joy, and it brings some joy, I think, to a few out there. So this is a weekend episode because I'm on holiday. I didn't make a Tuesday deadline. I just hope you all have a great weekend and look forward to our next episode. If there's anyone racing and they would like to send me a race report, please do. Preferably in the Donny Clark style, as it's the style that, you know, I think we should all aspire to, as is a lot of Donny's style. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you soon. Whoever you are, wherever you are, have a great time and catch you around. I've been Charlie Baker of Tetley FC. AC. That was the podcast. We talked about running. We talked about other things too. Thank you for joining. We hope you enjoyed it. That was on the back foot. If you have children pleasant, please adjust your sets. The next bit of singing is quite rude. Sit on my face and let my lips embrace you. I'll sit on your face and then I'll love you truly. Life will be fine if we're both 69. If we sit on our faces in all sorts of places and play till we're blown away.